0: The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guy's Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o.c.o. and be sure to add our podcast, Guys Guys Radio, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, we've got a great show for you today. We've got two guys, two Guys Guys visiting Guys Guys Radio, and they both have had very unique experiences and spiritual, metaphysical experiences where they learned a lot, and they're going to be sharing what they learned with us today, the books that they wrote. So our first guest, uh, imagine this. Imagine you're having a near-death experience. It's a pretty traumatic experience for anybody to have. But imagine if you had that at three years old, and then you went back into your toddler body, and you've been over to the other side, and you see how time works, and how everything's happening at the same time, and so many other things. And then you had to process that when you came back. Well, our first guest, Jacob Cooper, has exactly that experience. He's written a book about it called Life After Breath. Our second guest is Anthony Teresi. His book is called Rippling Waves, and he's he's a clairvoyant. He's actually been out there doing some astral travel and really um, traveling through different dimensions, and he's written this book about what he found out there. And again, it's all about love. And what I would ask my listeners on Guys Guys Radio is I bring guests in there who are going to tell some unique stories, and you have to say, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. I just say, let's keep an open mind. Let's hear everybody out. And see if they vibe with the information from the guests. And that's, that's on you. So I bring all different types of guests to the show. As you know, we've done relationships, health, well-being, sports, entertainment, authors, spirituality, longevity throughout our over 470 shows. So I try to mix it up and I think today you're really going to enjoy our spiritually oriented guests. So, what's going on out there today? So, it's uh, midsummer. Here we are in Southern California. I'm having a great time. It's nice and toasty hot out here. I'm, I'm closer to the coast, so it's not oppressive like it is in some areas. And we've been going to the beach. My son loves to boogie board. We're going to take him to surf camp. Uh, we're just having a blast. But I noticed that myself included got that COVID-15, those extra pounds that we picked up during the shutdown. And it's been really tough to really tough to lose them. And so I decided, let's let's try a cleanse. So I've been reading about this gentleman uh, who's online everywhere, social media, medical medium, Cleanse to Heal. So his book was on sale half off one day and I, I ordered it and it's terrific. And I'm going through with my wife, a three, six, nine cleanse. So it's a nine day cleanse. And you know, part of what it does is it cleans you out inside, but it also helps you maintain your weight and lose weight and maintain, you know, be able to manage your weight, if you will, and it's a lot of stuff you can eat, so it's cool, and a lot of fresh, raw foods, and it's, it's really uh, made an impact. I'm in day seven. I've lost seven pounds. I'm feeling terrific. There's a lot of foods you can't eat. Here's some foods to avoid. Egg, dairy, gluten, soft drinks, salt, seasonings, pork, corn, oils, soy, lamb, tuna, all of the fish and seafood. Vinegar, caffeine, coffee, matcha, chocolate, grains—I just on and on. There's a lot of things you can eat, and suggested. He breaks it up into four different areas. So there's a there's an original three six nine. There's a simplified version, and there's more advanced versions. But there's plenty of things to eat. There's terrific recipes in the book. So who knows? Maybe we'll have Mon as a guest. So I'm feeling great, and I hope you are. But let's ta- let's get into our interview portion of the show because I think we've got two terrific guests, and I think you're really going to enjoy our conversations. All right, let's get there now. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio. It's our interview portion of our show. I've got a special guest, Jacob. Cooper is here and he's got a really uh, interesting life incident that happened to him and a journey that's happened since then. Let me tell you a little bit about Jacob. He's a clinical social worker, certified Reiki master like I am, certified hypnotherapist like I am, and he specializes in past life regression therapy, works privately with clients through online services. He's been inspired by his near-death experience and transformative encounters. He facilitates spiritual awareness, and empowerment through life-changing seminars. Currently, he resides and practices in Long Island, New York, and he's the author of the book we're going to talk about today called Life After Breath. It's published by Waterside Productions. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Jacob Cooper.
1: Wow, thank you so much for having me on. It's, it's such an honor to be on your program.
0: Glad you're here and you have such an interesting story. So let's get right to it, Jacob. You're a three-year-old. You were three years old. Your family had recently moved You had recently had some discomforting feelings. You had trouble breathing, possibly whooping cough, and you went to the playground. Tell us what happened.
1: Yeah, you know, I I had at the time whooping cough, although my parents didn't know, uh, which for infants, children could be fatal if left, you know, untreated. And so for myself, I went to the playground with family, friends, you know, and due to this highly contagious respiratory virus, I, you know, suffocated at the playground on that day. I lost my breath. I wasn't able to breathe. And I was just in this place where, you know, it was just kind of like this endless feeling of turmoil where I wasn't, you know, gone, but I wasn't feeling alive. I was just in this incubational period of, of suffering through my suffocation. You know, and then moments later, I really was able to ascend to a new breath, the breath of eternity, the breath that, you know, I do believe we're all created from and from my breath, from my human body taken away from me i was able to connect to the breath of eternity uh and i did cross over you know in the playground and you know within that moment i was able to have awareness of spirit guides angels soul family members you know, past lives uh, karmic ties you know as well as consciousness you know to i guess you could i, I will describe the word as higher consciousness or god and christ consciousness and so this was all very profound for someone mid age of life. Bear in mind, someone who was, you know, three years old to have this, you know, all these layers of wisdom that, are within all of us, that were just kind of being brought up to the surface again, uh, in my own backyard, that I was, you know, being able to see.
0: So then you came, you came out of it. How long were you uh, in this uh, kind of in between this NDE space?
1: You know, the NDE and what happened to me in suffocation both felt like timeless eternity in a sense. I know I was aware of my body that was irresponsive on the floor, uh, you know, and I tried to communicate to the people around the park who were trying to get my attention and I was irresponsive and I was rushed to an ambulance, you know, to a Long Island hospital. Uh, But, you know, it was some time. I do ask my parents, you know, how long was I out or the people there and I guess when something as traumatizing as that happens, you don't really look at your wristwatch, you know, and so people weren't kind of aware, but I wasn't responsive to to calls and I was just suffocated, you know, I was on the ground irresponsive. So, uh, yeah.
0: Well, uh, the name of the book, Life After Breath, How A Brush With Fatality, gave me a glimpse of immortality. So you were in this in-between space, if you will, and I've had other folks who've had NDEs on the show and they they all seem to have different different experiences, yet some similarities. The similarity that I've heard, Jacob, is that everything that you see is kind of happening at the same time. So t- time is not like on a horizontal plane anymore. It's all happening at once. So your past lives, your future lives, this life, it's all happening. There's a connectivity to all your different incarnations and also connection to everybody else. And you can kind of see and feel everything. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, you know, I think we're multi dimensional beings with multiple layers of awareness. And so for us in the human mind, that's very hard to understand. We're used to Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, hours, and there's a linearity to our existence. Uh, there's diametric oppositional uh, reality when you're outside of your body, in a sense that it's hard to understand this concept by just hearing it, but there is no time whatsoever is it it's the only time is eternity uh, that you experience with no limitation to it
0: now when you were in this state um did you have the opportunity to decide if you want to stay there because uh, it seems uh, from what i've read and what i've heard from others it's that it's like overwhelming sense of joy so did you have the opportunity to decide i'm going to stay here or were you asked or kind of coerced to go back
1: well, I obviously decided not to stay there. I wouldn't be here today. But I, I would just say uh, it would be kind of kind of interesting. Or uh, yes, that that is usually you make a great point. Uh, that is the two roads usually that I hear from NDEs is you're given autonomy or you're told that it's not your time. For me, I had autonomy. I was given an option. You know, if I did want to cross over and stay, or stay and continue my journey as three year old uh, Jacob and. I decided to stay, you know, for a plethora of reasons, uh, as beautiful as the other realm of eternity was and the other side was uh, bringing that into this reality and being the healer and reminding people who they truly are and what they're infinitely connected to was a far greater tapestry of beauty than uh, going over there in a way. And So bringing the hereafter to the here now, to me at least at the time, was something more alluring because uh, heaven was always going to be there. This unique window was not, and I wanted to take advantage of that.
0: Now, at some point in the book, uh, you mentioned that you, in a past life, you had taken your life, and then you had come back into this life. Was that information uh, communicated to you while you were in your NDE?
1: Yes, it was communicated to me, my near-death experience, but also subsequent awareness, you know, throughout my lifetimes. And I even had evidential information about that carnation with someone, you know, who read for me, uh, who read for me prior to me getting public with all this stuff. No one would, I wasn't a public figure. I didn't have a book out like I do now. And so she was able to pick up on all the details that I was, I would say, kind of haunted by as a child and these, these images and memories and, in that lifetime. And, um, i do believe messages are completed once lessons are embraced and i think from other carnations from completion we begin and we we start off carrying a lot of the goods you know the the, the gifts and the good qualities about ourselves but we also carry over you know a lot of the opportunities you know and, and lessons and you know some of the similar moves on the chessboard that hopefully we can navigate a little bit more skillfully through a little bit more wisdom and evolution through carnations
0: how much free will do you think people have can we do we come into this from your, based on your experience? And maybe you don't have the answer for this or an inkling to it, but do you feel that you come into this incarnation and then you have a purpose and certain lessons to learn and uh, that you have a certain path? Or can you uh, change your timeline and change your frequency and um, things like that? Can, is it all lock, locked in when we're just walking through it? Or how much free will do, do we really have?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there are both elements interplaying. I mean, certainly, you know, what would be the point if it was all predetermined and destined for us? I think the yeah, biggest exactly. component of free will is our power of thoughts. And I know that was really uh, emphasized in my NDE, you know, when I had the, uh, you know, I guess the premonition and, and the visions of what I would be doing in this lifetime as a healer and as a teacher and, you know, some of the doubts that I would ever reach that you know uh, area and i think the greatest component that we have is our power of thoughts to entrust you know in faith over fear and to trust our own path and ultimately it would be the goal was to, was to overcome you know what what our path was i think astrologically we're not here to be defined by our sign but rather to overcome our sign and to learn from it and to evolve through it you know so i think with yeah. lifetimes i think we're here to Yes, a lot of it is predetermined, but we're here to ascend through it to as well to greater echelons.
0: Yeah, there was a, a a it's a lot to process. We were three years old. You were a toddler. And you know, most people they don't even remember things from when they were three years old, with three years old. So that was traumatic, and I put it in quotes, but a, a traumatic situation for you. And then you came out of it and, and then you had you had some challenges throughout your uh, formative years. Talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like, because I I, I, I know it must've been tough for you because you had some knowledge that other people didn't have, even that adults had. And then you were a little kid, you're like four or five years old, and you had some type of wisdom and it must've made things very tough for you.
1: Yeah. I think we all on some level remember, it's just maybe not conscious of where home and what we're connected to. I mean, certainly having my near-death experience, I wasn't immune to the amnesia that people have from coming to the shores of this reality, you know? And so there was a deja vu familiarity with everything that I was seeing and experiencing and almost an embarrassment, a forgetfulness for that. And so I think with all of us, we, we have that degree of awareness at some deeper part of us, you know, but for that to be conscious is a different uh, juxtaposition. And then you add that to three years old, it was different. Uh, You know, I would say, my near-death experience taught me, you know, uh, that the body is not our consciousness. And I think we're able to understand that, but it's a little bit harder when someone's three years old, you know, mm. to understand that that infant body is not this that surface of what you see. That's that person is not who they, who they truly are. That is just the surface of their waters. And I think for, for us, we're infinite beings in this finite body and we're not defined by our bodies and our, chronological age and so for, but but it was challenging in a sense that I, I was kind of a little bit like benjamin buttons where i had this kind of almost and i think within this human existence you know i i view us as maturation to the material and you know getting acclimated to this world but also losing our own clarity and wisdom and so there's there's an evolutionary process of the material but also for many a reduction of their own clarity and truth that comes Throughout lifetimes the goal is the goal is to retain those you know um, to lose those veils of forgetfulness and stuff like that as you know, philosophers will talk about and to drink a little bit less from the waters of forgetfulness and to remember who we truly are and what we're connected to
0: very well stated the name of the book life after breath how a brush with fatality gave me a glimpse of immortality my special guest on guys guys radio Jacob Cooper Another little challenge that you had along the way is when you were in your NDE, you kind of met up uh, with Jesus and you were an ortho- Orthodox Jew. And so yeah, that's, that must have been a little bit of a surprise. And, you know, there is the Christ consciousness that's not necessarily Jesus per se, but you, uh, from what I've read, you actually were met up with Jesus while you were in your NDE. Is that correct?
1: I would say it was more uh, than just seeing him in front of me. Like I wasn't like, him in front of me he was on a deeper level. It was a vibration. It was it was an octave. I think ultimately, all of our souls were just octaves. were just vibration, were just sounds. And so for me, it was just more than just seeing a physical embodiment of it. It was just an eternal energy of 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 that vibration. And so I, I really kept the experience close to heart for so many different reasons. But certainly, you know, I'm sure that that was a part of it. I mean, growing up in a very traditional home, Bear in mind, I mean, Jesus was you know, probably more Jewish than I am. I mean, he was born a Jew in Israel, and That's you know, was very, very authentic. People forget that he was more of a kind of, kind of a liberal, um, you know, ca- kind, of reform rabbi, if you will. Right, you know, in some of his social policies—he sure. was very left-wing and uh, stuff like that. So it, it, different than what's depicted as he wasn't born in chick-fil-a like a lot of people think he was (laughs) a middle eastern guy in israel that's what people forget but uh (laughs) you know so uh you know but it was a familiarity it was a comfort um i think if i could describe the sensation of being on the other side and being with christ it's we're not used to this where we're used to okay in order for me to get to a certain feeling i have to do something i have to get to that point i have to and we're always looking ahead And so to be in this place of eternal oasis of peace, and the best way I could describe it as all is well and all was always well on on an incredibly deep level was kind of what I experienced. We're not used to that. We're used to glimpses of eternity and glimpses of peace, but not accessing the nature of peace itself and entrusting that we can never be damaged, harmed. We are divine spiritual beings having these you know, wonderful human experiences, but that we never lose touch of our own home and our own beauty and what we're forever connected to.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that along the way then, as you developed, you still had flashes now and then where you would see uh, Native Americans or wolves and you get feelings about things when you saw the Twin Towers or even when you saw something, people were talking about The Apprentice and uh, Donald Trump, you got certain sensations. (laughs) It's, It's pretty amazing. Uh, how How has that played out during throughout your life? And has that opened up more, or do you get things on a regular basis, some kinds of knowing or premonitions? or how, how does it work, and what gifts do you think you've been able to uh, accumulate based on your experience?
1: My experience was that of suffocation, and it really you know messed with a lot of my bioneurochemistry, and I know my brain was never the same from that. And, you know, my brain literally suffocated and, you know, shut down. And I learned from that, that the brain is just merely a filter between the two worlds. And I think of us as eternal light and we have a projector of this light. Uh, and so the light itself is who we are. But if we have all these images that get in the way of light, you know, that's what we see as reality.
0: Just following up on the last point, you, you begun to see things throughout your life, what could happen with people, certain situations. I mentioned the Twin Towers, you got a feeling about Trump. Uh, your friend Robert, you saw him and you realized that he wasn't going to be around for too much longer. Has that gift, if you will, and I'll put it in quotes, stayed with you?
1: Yes. I mean, it's not saying that I practice professionally full time, you know, as an intuitive or, you know, mediumistic. Uh, but I do use it within, you know, my practice, you know, for instance, when I do give healings or as a Reiki practitioner, you know, that stuff does come up or within psychotherapy, I do intuitive, you know, kind of counseling or intuitive psychotherapy, where it doesn't mean that you go bluntly, like the Long Island medium saying like, oh, your mother is here or whatever, but you kind of ask these intuitive questions. So we call it clinical intuition, you know, that's kind of the term. And I know Dr. Judith Orloff speaks a lot about that, you know, um, so that's you know that's that's something that I utilize, but it happens to me you know throughout throughout the day. But yes, there was a beautiful moment with with Robert, and what's interesting is most of my newer friends are are mediums who have passed on, and this was the kind of work that they're doing. And so they're very good at knowing how to get messages to to us because that was the work in the line that they did full time. So Robert's always around and. It was a lot of moments of validation that I've had for, through his presence, but a wonderful guide of mine to this day.
0: Now, what is your connection with, you mentioned in the book, uh, Shirley McLean pops up in the, some of the credits. What's your connection there?
1: Well, we do have a, an April 24th connection. We're born the same day. Um,
0: have you I met have her? A, uh, have I've, you met I, her I, spoken I, with her?
1: I, I, th- I think in some way we all know each other. Uh, so I haven't met her physically, but, Hopefully within this lifetime, I will, but I, I she's definitely a teacher of mine, someone that I've really learned a lot from, uh, someone who I, I think deserves a lot more um, just mentions and credit uh, for the daring, groundbreaking, and pioneering work that she did uh, and, and continues. Um, but I, I was very touched with a lot of her work, and it spoke to me on a very deep level from Uh, out on a limb you know to uh, the Camino de Santiago book and uh, you know just she had a lot of different other books that I've read that that uh, that that were great too and uh, but I just loved her work and I loved how daring she was and just how many layers she had to her and how she was able to integrate so many different carnations into this one lifetime as you know for for anyone to do one tenth of what she does and develop that in one lifetime is almost impossible. So it's cl- very clearly that she's a very evolved and older being, and she brings a lot of those gifts and different acts to this lifetime, literally and metaphorically.
0: Last question again, mm-hmm. my special guest Jacob Cooper. Life after breath is the book. How a brush with fatality gave me a glimpse of immortality. What has that, it throughout the book? You you've been told by people who also have some uh, gifts. That you'd be in front of a lot of people, you'd be teaching, that you have a, a beautiful path in front of you, yet you, threw, up until the point that the book was launched, you've had some challenges along the way in terms of interpersonal relationships, family, school, uh, jobs, all of that stuff. What has happened now since the book has come out, and where do you see yourself going from this point on, Jacob?
1: Yeah, I I firmly believe that no one is immune from the human experience, and we all Certainly have 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 stuff happen to us, and I think some of the strongest souls are tested w- with the strongest challenges. And you're not meant with anything that that isn't made made to make you stronger, not break you. I think things are made to make you, not break you. And so, uh, for myself, I, I've been doing this work for for a number of years in public speaking and and talks, and uh, I think the next steps are just going to kind of continue as the world opens up. You know, to get more public uh, within the next two or three weeks, I'm going to be presenting at the Forever Family Foundation uh, summer retreat and giving a two-day workshop there. And that's a wonderful organization for grief, you know, participant, people going through grief and loss. And I guess they're looking for belief as a tool for their own grief and what they're working with. Um, and so it's a great supportive organization. Uh, but my goal is, is to continue to do what I was doing pre-pandemic and to see people in person and, to do a lot more workshops and talk. I, I think that's my biggest passion in life is that human interaction and human connectivity and, you know, inspiring people in any way that I can.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, listen, good job, Thank Jacob you. Cooper. Tell everybody where they can find out more about you and get the book life after breath, Jacob.
1: Yeah. Well, for those interested in learning more, if you have any questions about our, our, our interview today, uh, you could, look at my website at jacoblcooper.com. That's jacoblcooper.com. And there you could find toolbars of the social media links for Facebook, you know, Instagram. I do provide daily inspirational messages on social media, you know, for people that, you know, people seem to like, as well as upcoming events, you know, listed on my uh, website, social media pages, which I probably have to update shortly because I know we're starting to get acclimated to be doing in-person stuff. So, you know, things are speeding up. speeding up. We have to kind of get used to the way that things were before. Right. So thank you.
0: Well, good job. Nice work. And keep it going, Jacob. Thanks for being on Guys Guys Radio.
1: A true honor. Thank you so much for having me on. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you.
0: It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, we're in the interview portion of our show, A special guest today is a fellow by the name of Anthony Teresi. He's written a book called Rippling Waves. Let me tell you a little bit about him as I introduce him. He's a renowned clairvoyant, intuitive, master astrologer, psychic, sound healer, and empath known for his compassion and integrity. His sole mission has been for the development, refinement, exploration, and mastery of intuitive psychic nature, ever striving to grow into alignment with the highest states of consciousness. Anthony's gifts allow him to tune into the realm of universal knowing, unlocking the hidden mysteries of life while accessing the doorway from humanity and what's called the beyond. With his new book, Rippling Waves, a spiritual journey through the heart of the universe, Anthony brings us along with him on a journey back to source and to the future of humanity. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Anthony Teresi.
2: My pleasure. Hi.
0: So uh, you're a musician, metaphysician, clairvoyant, and author, and you mentioned you have some psychic abilities as a child, when which which emerged more fully when you became an adult. Um, What actually happened to you? How did what triggered this?
2: Well, I was fortunate enough to be raised in a family where uh, we have about four generations of psychic uh, uh, people uh, who have been talented in that regard. So I was nurtured from a very young age, Uh, uh, but the turning point was when I had an encounter with my brother who had uh, crashed his plane in Mexico, and I saw him uh, after the fact. It's so, a rather long story, but that was a turning point. And from that point forward, I uh, was able to uh, know as opposed to postulate the fact that there was this uh, reality that existed beyond the three dimensional.
0: You have this new book. It's called Rippling Waves. Uh, give us a quick overview. What's it about? What is this message? It's a series of experiences, various meditations, dimensions. What is Tra Sarah? What are the globes? Just give us an overview on the book, Anthony.
2: Okay. Uh the book actually is a story vision of a lifetime's worth of my experiences. Uh I've tried to put it into a journey uh context to where I'm able to introduce the reader in an ongoing way to the various dimensions that the expansion of consciousness provides a a person. If you're looking for enlightenment, if you're looking for uh, an opportunity to visit truly what are higher dimensions, this book will raise your frequency just in reading it, and it will give you an opportunity to see what transpires and what you can expect in higher dimensions.
0: I I read the book and it uh, the the journey itself seems to be written in uh past tense and lead up lead us through where humanity is today, but and and into the, the future but referred to as past tense. How how did that all work? And is this book, is it I, I say this respectfully? Is it is it uh, nonfiction or is it fiction? Is it storyized to uh, to to help the reader understand the different realms? What how, what how did you put this together? Because it's a very unique work of art
2: it's it's not fiction it is based on my own personal experiences that I have had through the course of a lifetime but in order to make it an intelligible work I had to put it into a context of a journey it's as if I'm the tour guide uh, and um, to be quite frank with you it was suggested that I write it as a memoir but I gave that consideration and I really didn't want to do that I really wanted to write it uh, as an us book, where I, you know, we're talking about bringing everyone along, because everyone has these abilities. And I'm hoping to introduce that fact uh, in this book. So I created certain names. For example, or you mentioned Tresara. Yes, that is a name that I created. But I had that experience. I've had that experience many times where I've been there, done that, so to speak. And uh, there was never any name that was given to me, but I had to call it something. And it's kind of unfortunate because in this kind of work, uh, it really is more visual and nonverbal. But what are you going to do if you're writing a book? You've got to use words,
1: right?
0: When you're traveling interdimensionally, if you will, and uh, it, is this through meditation or how do you kind of travel? How do you go there? What's the tipping point? How do you kind of get into your journeys?
2: Well, uh, it's by accessing consciousness itself. And the way that that happens uh, is through intuition and a higher level of emotion. I'm putting myself in a position to experience the effect of love and a focused uh, attention. Uh, And this, by the way, does not happen, did not happen overnight. Uh, It happened through the mastery of music, which took a couple of decades of my life uh, and uh, put me in a position to be able to again not get caught up in the mental chatter of what's uh, uh slowing us down and be able to bypass that through the intuitive connection to the literal ocean of consciousness.
0: Okay. A lot of people nowadays ha- they're interested in kind of their spiritual enfoldment, if you will. And uh it seems like not only do they have trouble manifesting, but I think maybe one of the roadblocks is and help us out with this is uh, they have problems receiving, but not only receiving, but also uh, allowing. And um, that's allowing spirit to come through. It seems like when you receive, they're still thinking and thinking seems to get in the way of spiritual work. And then allowing is lets things through. So I would say receiving is like getting a piece of mail and you think about it, you open up and then allowing would be maybe you step under the shower, all the water comes down. Or whatever, H- help us out with that. Some of the challenges people have in terms of their spiritual enfoldment, problems with receiving, problems with allowing, because it seems like you you know how to get into the flow.
2: Well, I mean, the biggest problem, and you touched on it, was is the fact that the mental shatter gets in the way. Uh, what we're talking about here is an experience that is not really definable, uh, and uh, this is not something that uh, you can. Uh, focus your attention on. If you focus your attention, you'll get single-pointed consciousness, but it won't necessarily grant you what we're talking about. Uh, What we're speaking of is being able to bypass entirely language and and the mentality of the uh, objective. If if I may, there is a process uh, uh, that is uh, uh, utilized. Uh, I use it myself, and uh, I would uh, put it out there for anyone uh, that you just mentioned. Your heart is the greatest magnetic force in your body. It is the uh, five thousand times more powerful than your vision and and it operates on what's called a Taurus field, which is a field that continues to have the energy roll back then. And your mind is your visionary aspect. Uh, so if you are to rise above mind and envision the fact that you, uh, are rising in vibration. Your heart will bring that energy into you. Love will uh, put you in a position to have coherence happening, and you will have the opportunity to have experiences uh, manifest right before you. Tell us
0: a little bit about the dimensions that you experienced and your contact and communication with ascended beings and a- angels as part of the the book Rippling Waves.
2: Well, every dimension exists. Uh, within its own vibrational frequency, that those are the parameters, if you will. This dimension that we're in has its parameters. I like to think of it as zero gravity to the speed of light, just to give you an idea. That's kind of where we our sweet spot is, if you will. Uh, but that doesn't, the speed of light is not the end of all. Uh, often, uh, you can consider what happens to light when it goes into a black hole. Uh, I have found that uh, it manifests at a higher uh, frequency, a higher dimension. And in these dimensions are other beings like ourselves. not well, not like ourselves. I mean, obviously, they don't have these heavy bodies that we have. And so when you're able to uh, connect with these frequencies, it is through pure consciousness. My body is not traveling to another dimension. That would be impossible. But my consciousness can... Uh, uh, wake up and focus in any dimension that I'm capable of accessing. So when you go to the first dimension that I make reference to, transformational, that's the place where you realize who you are and what your true being is. That's the essence in your heart. And we go on from there to transcendent, to cosmic. Cosmic uh, consciousness, uh, as I outlined, is the true cosmology that you can witness in terms of like how reality is emanated into being and power beyond that is divine consciousness well it states what it actually is is being able to tune into the divinity of the reality of uh, our life our creation and then beyond that is uh, the last uh, chapter called unity and it represents our uh, civilization thinly veiled as our own, I might add. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, it shows the barbaric past of this uh, civilization, how they fight through the, the materialistic and the power broker aspect, if you will, and how through a uh, renaissance of spirituality, they are able to move beyond that. And the book culminates with being invited into our cosmic neighborhood, uh with our cosmic neighbors other beings such as ourselves that come from different uh, vibrations
0: do you think that's where we're headed i do and how about what's going on now a lot of people say oh everything's going to change and ascension and you know but people still get up and they uh take a shower and they go to work and uh i don't see things changing that much but a lot of questions are on people's mind how are is it a timeline issue is everybody kind of in their own uh you know karmic agreements or whatever what's what's going on now on the planet in your estimation anthony
2: well if you look at the media uh and evaluate what's going on in the planet that way then you're going to have a problem seeing any uh, good coming out of it or doubt about it but i uh, uh make reference to a natural law it's called in my book i call it uh I refer to it as the law of emergence emergence and it uh it goes on the principle that from a seed, uh, an acorn, if you will, grows an oak tree. In that seed is the entire blueprint for that oak tree. And, and it, it knows how to do it. and knows how to become an oak tree. We as a human species are a seed. We are flowering as we go. And uh, I make reference to that uh, as we go uh, in the book, in part five, chapter uh, five. But the main issue is, it's our destiny. It's our destiny to leave this behind and to move on. We can do it relatively quickly, a couple hundred years even, or we could do it and keep crashing and burning as we've been doing, and maybe take a couple more millennia before we're able to uh, move on. Uh, uh, The uh, law of emergence will see to it that we arrive at our destiny. There's no other destiny that we can arrive at. The same way that uh, an acorn has its destiny to become an oak tree, we have our destiny to transform into our next level of being.
0: Interesting. My special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Rippling Waves author Anthony Teresi. We're talking about the book and uh, about a lot of the concepts in it that were new to me. What is uh, the field and what is neuroplasticity?
2: Neuroplasticity is the relatively recent uh, branch of science that has proven that whatever the brain visualizes and sees, it believes. Uh, And if it uh, is told that uh, the uh, images in front of it are real, it believes that. Uh, And this is uh, why uh, we are motivated and so often to see ourselves identified in the world out there. But if we're if used properly, and as I, I mentioned earlier, uh, aligned with the heart energy, then neuroplasticity can be a wonderful beacon in terms of aligning us with uh, new realities that have yet to come to us.
0: Okay. I also mentioned the field. What is the field?
2: The field is uh, another name for consciousness. Uh, I don't think uh, it has expanded as yet as far as being able to embrace the totality of what consciousness is. But the field is what the stuff is made out of. It's what uh, protons and uh, neurons and and what uh, uh, particles uh, become. Uh, We are uh, 99.999% six percent space the field is what holds us together the field is where everything is it it is a extension of consciousness uh but it is not consciousness itself consciousness is the uh, source of, of everything that we see as a manifested reality
0: okay sound and vibrational healing which you are an expert in are we all connected by like uh, one chord, uh, that would be like a chord, if you will, throughout the universe, like on a tuning f- fork, and then there's variations on that, but it all goes back to that one sound. Is that how it works?
2: Well, the whole universe is one sound, and uh, that's been known for thousands of years, and they refer to it as the, 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 pro- the most profound sound, which is Om, which is the sound of all. Mm-hmm. We, as a species, have our own chord. That was uh, absolutely correct. Uh, And we as individuals have our own collection of notes. And uh, at this point, we are just now embarking on this new field of healing, whereas in the not-too-distant future, certainly in this century, uh, the physicians of the future will be musicians and practitioners who will know how to heal with vibration. Example, a person has heart disease. Our heart is not functioning properly at some not too distant point in the future they will visit a practitioner a practitioner will locate that uh, element and will be able to bring that heart back into its natural vibration of healing that person will walk out and ultimately disease will be a part of of the past
0: okay my special guest anthony teresi rippling waves is the book and we're talking about a lot of his gifts and you have a lot of different gifts um what do you need to get a, a read on people? Do you scan them? Do you see auras? Are you empathic? H- how do you work, Anthony?
2: All of that. Uh, uh, when I sit down with a, with a person to do reading on them, uh, I complete, uh, it's completely opposite from what I'm doing now. From what, I'm, what I'm doing now is talking to you about my book and I was, it's about me saying that. When I sit down with a client, it's completely reversed. I completely surrender myself to, the, to that moment it's all about the client. I am not part of the reading other than to be the uh, giver of the information. And uh, I, I can sit with a client uh, for a few minutes uh, and begin to see imagery from that person. I can, I'm, uh, not all the time, but I can see their energy field. And often that allows me to uh, inform them uh, in terms of like what their uh, emotions are and what's going on with them. And, Uh, And then that leads into questions. And uh, the more I sit with the person, the more in tune and interfaced I become with them. And then by the time they leave, we have pretty much uh, become one.
0: Okay. Can you see auras? Like right now, we're looking at each other. We're on Zoom. But can you read my aura from Zoom?
2: No. uh, I can read your aura if we were sitting in person.
0: Okay. So you don't work remotely then?
2: Uh, Not that way. I I do work remotely uh, and when it comes to psychic ability, there's no barrier to that. But when it comes to reading auras, um, I personally prefer having a person sitting in front of me and interchanging with that spatial and dimensional energy. That's where I see it best.
0: Do you interface, interact with ETs in your uh, celestial travels, if you will?
2: Well, ET has uh, a connotation that mostly applies, in, in my understanding, mostly applies to space aliens, quote unquote. Uh, I, have, have, I have had some experience with that, but I've had way more experience with celestial presence, angelic presence, and uh, beings that exist far beyond any sort of planetary context from that standpoint. And from my way of thinking and my experiences, this is the most inspirational and the most uh, mind expansive uh, experience and interaction that anyone can have. When you are fortunate enough, not you, but anyone as fortunate enough to have these kinds of encounters, uh, it puts you in a position of ecstasy. There's no other way to put it. Are
0: you afraid of anything?
2: afraid of anything i don't think so i mean i'm not afraid of death anymore uh that'd be the only thing if there's anything i'm afraid of it is i wouldn't say afraid of but if there's anything that i would say i would like more of would be time
0: mm-hmm. god is god a state of being is it a, a guy with the big long white beard is god in is it an inside out uh action um is it like we're all little mirrors on the disco ball how, how does it work what is god
2: God is uh, completely and thoroughly unknowable to us in terms of being able to describe that, uh, that, that energy. God is the first source and mover of all things, the bestower of life, the bestower of the universe, and a creator that exists beyond the creation. We cannot understand or ever hope to define God. However, as the mystic said, we, uh, we can come to realize that through love and through the love that exists in our heart of which we were born from, we can identify with the greatest of all energy, which is love. So uh, the saying goes, uh, uh, mentally, I know that I'm nothing. Emotionally, I know that love is everything, and I am part of that. So God is not definable, but we wouldn't be having this conversation without God. And not, by the way, the flowing man and the white beard and the clouds and all that is it's just a fairy tale.
0: Okay, what's the best tip you can give our listeners in terms of how to how to uh, have their, speed up their spiritual enfoldment, if you will? What's the kind of a couple of easy steps they can take?
2: Know yourself, uh, which is uh, one of the most profound sayings from all of history. Uh, when you go within and uh, find that spot within that you identify with, and you become that love that you are, you begin relating to life in a completely different context. You begin relating from the inside out. You begin directing yourself from the inside out, as opposed to, well, I have this catalog, so that must make me some this kind of thing. Uh, uh, when you have that knowledge of of who and what you are, you have peace, you have happiness, and you have a foundation that you can base the rest of your life on.
0: Fantastic. Anthony Teresi, Rippling Waves is the name of the book, A Spiritual Journey Through the Heart of the Universe. Anthony, where can people find out more about you and pick up your book?
2: Uh, Well, amazon.com, Rippling Waves. Uh, You can also go to my website, which is my name, Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y Teresi, T-E-R-E-S-I.com, and you'll see at the top of the page, it'll say Rippling Waves. Click on that, and you can buy it there as well.
0: Fantastic. Anthony Teresi, thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Nice job.
2: Oh, my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. There's never been a better time for men to
0: be whoever they want to be, yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys, Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys, Guy Radio. Better men better world. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, two wonderful guests here on Guy's Guy's Radio. Very interesting, very different, very unique. Let's start with Jacob Jacob Cooper and what we learned from listening to his tale of The near-death experience at three years old and how his life unfolded from then. from then i think you know geez that would be an experience where how do you process that as a toddler and i think he did a great job articulating his path from that point on but it really tells us that consciousness continues when when we pass and you can believe what you want what i do here on guys guys radio as i've said many many times i bring you guests that i choose and i put new information hopefully hopefully it's new for some of you out there and for others they're familiar with the information but they may maybe they haven't heard it presented in a in a certain way so with jacob we're talking about near-death experiences and we've had anita morjani on here but jacob has had a very unique experience because of being at three years old so his insights are unique again the book is life after breath and i think we learned a lot about the fact that when you do cross over time is very different because everything's happening concurrently and uh and if you do come back that your life experience is going to be changed forever for anthony teresi he's been in uh his path uh in this for this book rippling waves it seems to me i would put it in quotes about astral travel he's traveled the spiritually to other dimensions and what's out there and what's coming for our future of our planet and for humanity and Sounds like it's pretty good news. And again, his book is called rippling waves And again, I say let's all keep an open mind and take in new information where people have had different journeys We're all on different journeys, but I think we're headed in the same direction to the same place which is home and a connection with spirit and I don't want to get all sanctimonious uh, about all this stuff because I, I just want to put it out there because I think it's important that that we we all are aware that there's more going on than what we do just on a day-to-day conscious level, picking up the dry cleaning, going to work, buying donuts, or whatever we're doing, There's a, there's a lot more to life. And at a certain point, I think everybody says, what am I doing here and what's it all about? and we try to help out with that and add some value to your day-to-day existence right here on Guys Guys Radio. We're here every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA Radio here in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday at 6 p.m. on KCAA, the podcast, Guys Guys Radio, and my YouTube, Guys Guys TV. Just use my name to find it. They both drop every Thursday worldwide. So you have no excuse not to find and listen to or consume Guys Guys Radio or Guys Guys TV. I would ask you to consider subscribing to either the YouTube or the uh, Apple podcast or wherever you consume your podcast because every subscription really helps me do the show. The good news is we have lots more guests lined up right through the fall and uh, I'm excited about it and I think we're going to have a blast. You can also catch me all over social media, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, etc., and also my website, robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I. We've got 300-plus blog posts, everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. You can also download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guy to Love, which is a source material for everything Guy's Guy. It's been called The Male Successor to Sex and the City. It's kind of a sexy romp about two men navigating life and humanity in New York City, about 10 years ago or so and uh, i think it's you'll have a lot of fun with that so anyhow guys guys radio i'm here for you each and every week i can't wait to do it again next week until then have a great week and as i always like to say guys guys finish first